Hello, Steve. How you doing? Hey, Keith. Uh, nice to meet you. And you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was listening to uh, some of your podcasts. You, you, yeah, you're. Uh, you seem a very nice fella. <laughs> oh, thank you. You actually listened. Yeah, I listened to the one. Where I got I got halfway through the one where you did uh, with uh, with Noah. Oh yeah, Noah. Yeah, in fact, he's coming back again uh, later this week. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're uh, you're you're based in uh, what country? Are you in England, sir? I'm in England. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to call me, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I do it to people here, in the United States too. I I, I, I just go ahead. No, I was going to say, I know, I used to be in retail and I call everybody sir and stuff at the doors and it's, it's a very bad habit to try and break when you've, you've done it for donkey's years. Well, I also do it to keep myself in line because sometimes I kind of um, get, I, I kind of get out of line with people sometimes and I, and I don't know I'm being rude and I piss them off and it's a way of hum <laughs> humiliating myself. <laughs> well, you're a comedian. What else are you supposed to do? <laughs> well, uh Let's put it this way. I pissed off another comedian um, recently on here. Um, I didn't mean to, but uh, I, I was getting drunk by do while doing this. And ah. um, I started burping, you know. I was just kicking, <laughs> having fun. And this guy really, he got pissed off me, totally laced into me. And so now I'm, I'm more hu humble, humble and humiliated. <laughs> that, for what I know of you, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> What I what I did. Well, well done I, for trying. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know. I guess I I, I have fun doing this, like, but some people are really really serious, you know, about their comedy and you know, um, their their broadcasted appearance um, represents them and their product. So you know, when I joke around and burp or do something appropriate, it, I understand why the guy was pissed off. But yeah. um, anyway, um, you seem like a nice fellow. <laughs> Thanks. You don't know me. <laughs> well, let's just say we're both not nice guys, but we're going to put on our best front for each other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sat here in my in my evening attire just to just, yeah just to just to behave. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, now I, I notice you're you're a, a key worker. You have that up on your profile. Uh, what, what does that mean? Do you actually do work with keys? <laughs> no, I'm not a locksmith. Um, I've actually just uh, changed job this week, but um, I used to uh, work for the um, UK Meteorological Office and looked after. They've got a massive, great big supercomputer there. So as part of a, a team that did shift working. Uh, and we looked after that 24-7 to make sure that it could do all the calculations and get the weather right for all the forecasters and stuff. But, you know, don't don't blame us for the weather that happened. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it was to do with um, public safety and all that kind of thing in the military. So, um, yeah, if we weren't there, um, all hell broke loose and um, it, we could put the, the public and air, aircraft and stuff all in danger. So I, I was a key worker, but I've stepped down from all of that now um, on Monday. In fact, last Friday, I, I resigned and um, started a new job on Monday. <laughs> What's your new job? I am now a hospital support worker uh, for um, for Devon Carers, which is Devon's part of uh, a region in the UK, sort of like Texas and Mississippi. Mississippi. So... Um, if um, someone who is caring for someone at home 
um, if if that person goes into hospital or the carer themselves goes into hospital, um, I contact them when they get discharged to make sure that everything's all in place and that we can help them out and get all the right kind of finance and um, equipment or, you know, even if it's just sort of they can't make meals anymore. So, you know, we get we get meals into them and make sure that we can give them all the support that they need to make sure that um, the person they're caring for gets cared for and um, that the carer actually gets a heck of a lot of support and doesn't have to worry about too much. So um, it's it's a complete different change. <laughs> is it a, is it a work from home job? Or you work in an office? No, I work in an office now. I'm only going in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, because I've just started, I'm going in the office for the for the next month. But uh, I'll be able to work two days at home. So um, yeah, it's um, I've I've done a complete life change. No, it definitely. I mean, it sounds. I mean, your other job seems stressful, but this job seems kind of stressful too. Uh, yeah, th th this is. I mean, the other job was kind of like you could sit there for twelve hours and twiddle your thumbs, and nothing would happen. And then suddenly, yeah, you get to five minutes till the end of your shift, and and everything would break. Um, or conversely, sort of two o'clock in the morning, you're you're having to take emergency procedures and stuff, and you are the guy that sat in the seat taking all the major decisions. And I did that for 16 years, uh, and I was doing 12-hour night shifts and days and stuff, and it just took its toll on me, and I just didn't enjoy it at the end, um, which is why I left. But this new job, um, it's kind of stressful, but it's much more rewarding because you're talking to sort of people that are probably well anything the age of over 18 and you can talk to sort of lovely old grannies and stuff and that that really need us a lot of support and just don't think that they're carers for their husbands or um and vice versa their husbands don't think that they're carers for their their wives or whatever because that's what they've always done but they are they're washing them they're changing the bed and they're doing the cooking and without them then you know that that person wouldn't have anybody to look after them so you you, you kind of look after them and it's um much more rewarding and i only do that for three days so I, i've got downtime to sort of relax <laughs> you also you're pursuing a a, a job as a comedian you do part-time stand-up comedy I do. That is part of the reason why I stood down from the other job because I was doing shifts and I couldn't get the gigs that I wanted. So um, I'm now standing down, and um, I, I, you know, because I've got the four days now, I, I'm, I've already started writing a bit more comedy and um, getting the gigs that I want. So yeah, it, it's it's gonna hopefully. I mean, you know. <laughs> may get some paid work from it but I, I i just like standing on stage and doing open mic stuff and all that kind of thing that the, the buzz you get from it is um is amazing but after a while it gets to the point keith that you will get so good that you cannot be refused <laughs> that is thank you steve that is the idea <laughs> so that's just focus on getting don't even focus about the money just keep getting taking your punches keep bombing oh. or get, just keep doing it and i i promise you Keith, uh, you will become resilient. I, I, I'm already kind of half resilient to, to the stuff. Yeah, it's um, uh, um, I, I, I've listened to quite a lot of um, professional comedians and they've all bombed. They all just sit there and go, it's all part of the thing. And the more you bomb, the more you learn and the better you get. So um, and, and some audiences, I mean, I've done the same material, probably the same as you've done is 
you know, I've done some some material to one one group of audience and they've absolutely loved it. You do it again and and hardly anybody's laughing. You're just kind of going, okay, you don't like all this sort of political stuff, and, but when you get onto the sort of innuendos, they love it. You know, you, okay, you know, got to learn from this um, and and pick yeah. the material for the audience. It's it's not easy. Um, I always find like um, senior citizens are the best audience. If you get a free library show, oh, they they love to come watch the shows. I, I think you're right. Yeah, they're they're much more open-minded, and they they will laugh at and get most of the sort of innuendos and stuff. Where the younger audience sort of they're not at that stage where they will look at you shocked and then go, "That was really funny," but I shouldn't be laughing, and they're laughing. They they kind of look at you going, "You shouldn't have said that." <laughs> no, you got to tap into their way, and that's one a good thing. Um, like I know a lot of comics the open mics are young but uh being around them you get to kind of tap into their mental wavelength so yeah. when you stop comedy tailored for young for younger audiences uh yeah i, I did a, a set down in in plymouth back in um in august and i because i knew it was going to be a student or a, a sort of uh audience i didn't do any of the sort of marriage or divorce stuff that i usually do and um just kind of kept it in a sort of much more lower profile and it, and it worked. So, um, but I knew I was going down to that type of audience where sometimes you don't even know what you're doing into. So um, you've got, you've got to gauge it and have enough material to go, okay, I'm not going to do the 10 set, 10 minute set that I thought I was going to do. <laughs> I'll be, I may have to just change this. <laughs> yeah. It's just tweak adjusting, you know, um, which you, you know, you're, you're a writer, a comedian basically is a writer. Yeah. Yeah, um, and some of it you just do on stage anyway, don't you? You just you, you go go with it. I, mean, I did a did a Brighton Fringe, and uh, one of the girls down there, one of the women in the audience, was absolutely brilliant, and, and gave me about sort of three different punchlines as I was just doing stuff, and she was kind of heckling me a bit. We, we were having a bit of banter. I was like, "Hey, wow, that's a really good punchline." <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you know how to, you know. I guess it's kind of like being pitched a ball. If you can hit it, you get a home run, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she gave me three, and I, I use that in the set now, and I'm like, well, hey, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you've been uh, you've been doing Zoom comedy also, Keith? I did, yeah, when the first lockdown did uh, occurred, um, I just finished a, a comedy course down in London. I'd, I'd been to a live weekend and uh, done some comedy, so um, the, the, was it, there's six of us that did that with the tutor because we're all kind of bored and in lockdown. Um, we all got together and started doing some um, Zoom shows and um, getting on to other sort of UK and American stuff. And I spent probably two years doing Zoom gigs and I, you know, I, was, I, was, I had quite a full diary. I kind of miss the, uh, the lockdown type thing. Um, I yeah, think I they're in. still going on, the Zoom shows. They, they are. Um, not as many of them, but um, the, the, quite a lot of the in the UK that we used to regularly go to. Um, some of them are still trying to do Zoom. Um, there's uh, there's one in, in Ireland, it's called Chicken Box. There's a few others in London that try and do them, but it's a bit difficult when they want live open mic guys and you've got Zoom people as well. Um, it's That's still a art form that they're getting together. But um, yeah, I, I, I miss the sort of getting on there regularly every sort of Thursday or Tuesdays and doing different stuff. And, and um, I, I met an awful lot of, of comedians doing the Zoom stuff. Um, you know, it, it's amazing what the community was and, and quite a lot of marine internationals and um, 
yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, I would kind of, it, I would really like to go back to that to a point, but it's not the same as standing on the stage and having, um, having a live audience. It's not, it's not, uh, but like I said, it's, it's a time factor. And also yeah, a lot yeah. of these places, you got to get, you got to get a vaccine to go to some of these open mics. Uh, we're all double vaccined over here now. And uh, in fact, we're getting boosters now. So, um, um, yeah. Oh, it's I mandatory mean, uh, where you are? Uh, no, it's voluntary, but most of us, um, most of us, especially over the age of sort of 50 odd, have all, have all had double jabs now and we're all getting the, the extra booster just just because, you know, why wouldn't you? It's the same as a measles or polo or whatever it is. It's a disease out there that you want to stop happening and you don't really want to catch it yourself. So, um, you know, so, yeah, um, I don't think there's a lot of mic clubs that are going. You've got to be, you, you have to present a certificate, but um if you've got symptoms of covid and all the rest of it they they prefer you not to turn up so um there are a few cancellations like that but um now you know there's this one guy um uh he's in israel he's got he had the zoom comedy show he had people all around the world do you remember him yeah i think i i I did his show once yeah 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 i'm pretty damn sure i did something in there as well something like that yeah it was every Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I think I did it uh, in the early days. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the show's still going on. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there was a lot of people that were doing Zoom stuff, started up, and now they're going out and getting proper gigs. And all. I know there's one up in Cardiff. Um, the, the, the guy started there as a sports, as a sports sort of podcast comedy thing. Um, and they do that live on stage and as a zoom gig on a saturday night um and it's supposed to be sort of like this sports thing but they hardly ever talk about sport anyway it's just loads of comedians going in there um and they get an audience of about a thousand people so um you know the, the, the guy's basically gone I, you know i'm a comedian and i, I never even you know well, he's a comedian started on zoom and, and that's how he how he's progressed it but what he was before and was sort of like a producer or some sort of thing. Um, there's loads of them out there that did all that, that type of thing. And I know chicken box, um, Rory was, he had a, they had a great comedy club in, in Ireland and, um, he turned it into a zoom night every Thursday. And that was a, that was a great show to go on to, to do new material. And, um, now they're trying to get it back in live in Ireland with, with the zoom. And he's, he's trying to work out how to do all of that. So, yeah, um, but it, it's, it's when you've got people muting and then they're eating packets of crisps in the background or whatever else, and you're not really engaging with the audience that much. You don't know how much your jokes are actually hitting home. It's it's better to have the live audience. But um, yeah, if you can have a bit, of no, I agree. Too, yeah, I, I've never tried Zoom. I just know the open mic thing, so I just want to try Zoom and see what it's like. That's all. You got to have a very good couple of hosts. You got to have a, a good couple of co-hosts that can, depending on the audience, that can mute the people because there's always somebody that's, that's some idiot that's got music and playing in the background or having a chat on their mobile where they've still got the the, the mic open and you're like, you know, well, you just shut up. You're going over my set and um, and then you get people eating packets of crisps and stuff that they they forget that they're on they're on mute and 
then you get other people just sat on the sofa looking completely blank. You know, well, you know, are you enjoying this or not? And yet they keep coming back every week. <laughs> so you're thinking, well, you're either a masochist or you're loving this and you just don't really show your emotions because you're probably watching the telly at the same time as you've got this and that. Yeah, uh, it, it's a, you've got to have a dedicated audience and um, certainly some of the chicken box ones were and um, Barrel of Laughs were, that, that was that was good. Um there were some other frenzies and stuff like that. that they they had some very good audiences. Well, tell us about this place, you know, live, this live place of uh, the Bread and Roses in Plymouth. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pub uh, in on the slight outskirts of the city. Um, basically, it's just a room, and um, they, they do a, uh, every Wednesday, last Wednesday of the month. They go down there and do live uh, comedy um new material night um you can do 10 to 20 minutes um and the well last time i went down there there was what, uh, about eight of us um uh, with an audience that that turned up right at the last minute we didn't know we were we were sort of sat in the room there's nothing there and then suddenly it's sort of 10 people arrived from the pub and a few more came in when we started doing the, the comedy stuff so that, that was that's one of the sort of comedy areas in Plymouth. Um, and Will Wittordian, Edwardian, somebody, whoever I can't remember his, his whole comedian name, um, he does he does a spin off show down in uh, Devonport um, with, with that. Um, and he's taken some comedians down locally in some of the sort of towns around Plymouth. Um, yeah, it, it, that was a great thing to kind of do. Um, Good. Uh, now, uh, now, how long? Um, how long have you been doing comedy, Keith? Oh God, I I did. Uh, what was it? Twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen. Where are we now? Twenty one. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Uh, no, twenty nineteen. I did a a comedy, uh, live comedy um, course uh, in the end of February in London with um, a, a company called laughing horse um uh, jay sodegar who has probably trained up about and i ain't kidding probably about four or five thousand comedians and uh, the last 20 years that he's been doing it was doing live stuff we did a beginner's course at the weekend um but i actually got into comedy because i went to the, up to the edinburgh fringe and you can blame that um i was up there with my mate um and we saw some very dire acts and um as you do with some of the, the Edinburgh Fringe stuff, my, my, I was going, oh, this is what I could do better than that. And he just said, well, go on in. I bet you can. Uh, and bet me a point of Guinness. Um, so I did the comedy course and uh, I, I came out with my first joke and, and got a, a, a belly full of laughs for the audience. It was about sort of 20 odd people at the time. Um, I won me point of Guinness and, and just got hooked into comedy. Um, and then, from there, I did some of the intermediate courses. I did Zoom for two years, and I've done the advanced course, and now I'm using all of that to try and go off and do gigs up in Bristol, but I've, I'm going to have to go down to London for about a month to, to get really properly established, or Manchester in, in the UK, because that seems to be the two hubs where you, you can get loads of open mics but get your name sort of um, out there. But I'll be practising in... Um, the, the southwest of England in in Bristol, Plymouth, and Exeter first. Wow! So you're really gonna you're gonna invest some time. You're gonna put in a a few hours a week into this now. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's 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 that's one of the reasons why I gave up my other job just so that I could actually concentrate on writing comedy because I was, I, was, I was finding with the shift working that my brain was just I, I was just taking too long to recover from doing night shifts and um, trying to write comedy was sort of at that time was a, was getting a bit stressful uh, and I, it wasn't it wasn't coming out the way I wanted so um, you know well mine well mind well-being and all that kind of thing wellness and that sort of thing i just thought right you know what i've got an opportunity let's just go and give it a go and if it all fails it doesn't really matter i just enjoy being on stage it's, it's not a money thing it's just me going out on stage putting my material out there and seeing if it's good enough to make people laugh yeah honestly if you want to make money in the beginning i think you're probably better off producing shows i think yeah i mean I, it may be that i might just go and do that as well because the there's there's not a lot of that around around in um, in Devon at the moment. There are quite a few people doing it, but um, probably not enough. Uh, a lot of those guys I know are, are doing that as working full time, trying to produce stuff as well. So um, it, it's a bit difficult for them. So I may I may go down that route. I don't know, um, but I do the stand on stage, getting the getting the laughs. No, I feel that way too because when you're producing, it's not you on the stage. Uh, you know, maybe you're hosting or emceeing, but yeah. for the most part, you're not performing. I know there's that thrill you want to get up and and make the audience laugh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of them do do emceeing, and they're, they're very good comics. And um, I did. I, I, I took a big step when I went down to Brighton Fringe and, and emceed for um, three of the comics down there for an hour. Um, um, and that's a whole different experience to just standing on stage for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and just doing your material when you've, you, you've got to keep the audience warmed up and all that kind of thing. It's a whole lot of different pressures. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's not an easy thing at all. Um, you really got to get used to it. And the more, more times up a week you are, the more comfortable you are on the stage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, so I mean, do you have like a regular route of of, of where you perform every work, where where you know where folks can find you? Um, I haven't at the moment. I've got, I've got a, a YouTube channel called uh, Brokey's Comedy. That's B R O K E Y S Brokey's Comedy, uh, which has got um, quite a lot of my old sets on. But to be honest, for the last three four months, I haven't really been performing that well because. Uh, I've been under a lot of stress trying to sell houses and buying properties and um, uh, it, it's not been going very well. Um, we just put it mildly that when we were supposed to sell our house at three o'clock in the afternoon on the exchange date, the guys pulled out, the investment company pulled out that day. So um, that, that was, uh, they, they made it pretty stressful before that and then they just pulled out for no reason. So um, I, Writing comedy was not part of uh, that, that era, but it is now. And I've got some gigs up in Bristol on January the 8th and 9th, I think it is. Um, and I'm trying to get some more down in Exeter. But um, in Exeter at the moment, there's a, it's a bit of a blip. Um, they're, they're taking some time out. Um, I, I don't know why, but uh, the, the, there's usually a comedy set every week. And um, I think they're moving venues. So... Uh, 
but uh, you know, the, the plan is that I will do some um, YouTube stuff and um, some Instagram stuff um, in the next couple of weeks and, and get people laughing that way. No, it does help. I do follow some comics on Instagram. I, I'm entertained. I always look for their videos and you will get some exposures doing yeah. that. Yeah, and, I think um, yeah, Instagram seems to be the way to you know do a couple of 30 seconds or a couple of two minute sort of sets and um, that's how you can get build up your audience and, and get yourself known as well. Absolutely. Instagram is good. Um, I don't know too much about TikTok. Oh, I, I, I looked at TikTok. Um, I, I think if you're probably in, under the age of 25, that's probably where to go. But um, I don't think my materials for the TikTok, uh, <laughs> TikTok crowd. Um, and I, um, yeah, it's it's more more putting on putting on makeup and being able to dance and and um, sort of mime to songs mostly and do do some weird stupid things which yeah I'm I'm not gonna do <laughs> yeah or, or going around trying to catch people on camera doing all kinds of outrageous things yeah it's it's that's not the that, that's not the kind of thing I was trying to go for but yeah it, i don't think yeah tiktok doesn't seem to be that, that that kind of right audience where instagram i've had quite a lot of people following me so um, that that will probably be the route to go if we've put on stuff for youtube and where else um, and oh linkedin is good too is it i haven't done that one yet yeah well linkedin is more for connections because you could have up to thirty thousand connections oh wow so That's it's good for that you're just going to watch, you got to watch because you're going to get a lot of spammers. Like a lot of these people are going to DM you and they're going to try to help promote your podcast or digital market or sell you something. So I just delete yeah. their messages. But yeah, because you can, you can network with all kinds of people. You never know who you're going to be connected to. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I, I did, yeah. I haven't really actually explored LinkedIn. So I think it sounds like quite a good thing to do. Just be a bit careful. <laughs> Yeah, just for adults. I mean, it's mainly professional networking. Yeah, just watch out for the spammers, whatever. Just don't reply to them. Um, oh, there's yeah, this just... guy named uh, there's a guy named Gary Gary Vinercheck. Have you ever heard of him? No. Uh, well, he's, he's, oh, they call him Gary V. He's he's a podcaster, and supposedly he built himself up on LinkedIn, and and he's up there. He's up there, like you know, as one of the you know the top podcasters now in the, yeah. uh, America or the world. I don't know. So, and he, apparently he used LinkedIn to build himself up. Oh, wow. So okay, just well, in another avenue for you, that's all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of sort of, um, when I get into, to hopefully going to get into my new park home that I'll just be doing some sort of like, Hey, this is the happy bachelor. This is how you can live your life. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. Absolutely. That's a lot to be said about that. Right. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it will, it will be, you know, stupid little things of this. This is how you can cook. This is how you can use um, it, different sort of scenarios. You know, even I just, I mean, I just put the the duvet on the bed in. Um, I'll change the bed in the duvet cover and just thinking, I wonder how many blokes know how to do this properly. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I, I still got some last night's beer bottles all over the place. I, eventually, when I can bend over and pick them up, I'll, I'll clean them up. No, but that, that's that's that, that, that that's just proper cultural sort of you know that's just that, that can wait that, that kind of thing just waits doesn't it yeah yeah even even though the, the pots in the stove which i haven't cleaned all right so i'll cook again in the same grease from last night 
You know, that just saves that saves you having to grease them back up again, doesn't it? And then it means exactly. You've got that, you've got well, why, why wash it? Exactly. exactly. Well, wash it. Yeah, it's. I don't. You know, you just. You know, what, what what did they do in the old days? They just kept on using the same old pot and the rest of it, and and probably you're getting immune to loads of bugs by doing that anyway. So, uh, I kind of think that's quite a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, why not? You know, so uh, all right. So I had some cooking oil and I'm mixing it with my scrambled eggs. It's not quite butter, but it all mixes up anyway, you know. Well, yeah, but it stops the scrambled eggs from sticking to the pot, doesn't it? It makes it easier for cleaning when you do get right to it. Absolutely. You know, yeah, stuff like that. And then uh, the pizza boxes build up sometimes. Maybe I'm, I'm throwing out the pizza a week later, you know. You mean you don't, you don't have cold pizza for breakfast the next day? That's another good one. Yep. Yeah. You ever have pizza with scrambled eggs on top? No, but I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, it's good. Oh, I, I usually, if I have cold pizza, I usually put salad cream with it. And just, uh, that, that's good. And then you, oh, you yeah. Go, yeah. Do you, you, well, you probably don't know about fish and chips, do you? Uh, well, of- I, I guess not the same as, as more commercialized here. Yeah. You know, but I, I get the basic idea. Yeah, we, we, we it, it, it's like chunky fries with a battered fish, um, and it's a speciality in the UK kind of thing, especially if you go up to Scotland. Um, but if you get a large portion of that and you can't eat all of that, you, you keep some for the next day and then put salad cream on that with some sort of tomato sauce, and that is just great. Oh, that sounds good. It is. It is. All this, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you know, if you've got curry left over, what you know, why not eat that for breakfast as well? Oh, yeah, save it for the next talk- night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's really good for breakfast if you save up um, egg foo young. Oh, I can imagine that would be great. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, that we ought to do kind of a bachelor's. This is how you can live as bachelors. You know, you don't have to be worried about what, you know, whatever. Hey, I'm, I'm down. because You know, most of the time I'm talking to myself on the podcast these days. So if you ever want to just could bounce back and forth, you know, and I'll, I'll try not to burp. I like to get drunk when I go on the podcast, but I'll try to get my mouth away. I don't mean to insult you. No, that's fine. No, I, if you burped out, I would probably find that quite funny, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Um, if you started farting down the thing, I'd be like, that's talent. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds good. I mean, uh, absolutely. Nice to have someone to talk to once in a while. That's how I deal with COVID personally. I just don't go out or socialize with anybody rather than get a vaccine. But whatever your thing is, you know. Yeah, well, I don't, unfortunately, I had to go into work and get vaccines and stuff. And it, um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I go out quite a bit. I mean, I've just been playing walking rugby this morning. So, um, um, and, and we, you know, we've got bars and things that need that. If you don't go to the, the your, your, you know, your local bar, it's going to shut. <laughs> so we've got to support them. No, absolutely. You know, um, I just, it'd be nice to have some pretty girls in a bar. All you have is like, you know, drunken old men. That's why I don't like going to bars. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do, we do get the occasional girl that comes in, but yeah, it's, it's not like the old days where you, 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 you actually went to the bar to meet, meet girls and, and women or whatever else. They, they, they don't seem to do that too much these days. Um, no, sometimes you'll find an older woman who lost her voice from the cigarettes, who's cracked out. <laughs> She'll talk to you. Maybe you can engage some activities with her. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, Steve. I like your style. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, it's just like, you know, because you're giving it to me. You're, in the, or you're giving me material and I'm just take, I got the bat out. And I'm like, okay, he's throwing the ball. Let me see if I can hit this ball. Yeah. 
uh, you know, it's going to go for a home run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you actually like it or not is is, is a completely different matter, but it's the experience that, uh, that that matters, isn't it? And whether you enjoy it. So, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'm kind of I'm kind of out of gas, but I am going to check out your YouTube channel. Um, so hopefully you'll, you'll be back again and I, yeah, I'll, I'll have more back. content on you so we can really uh, delve into what you're up to. Oh, when, once I've got some real good stuff going, some proper gigs, I'll, I'll come back to you and, and uh, you can get a proper insight into me as well. I might, I might loosen up a bit. <laughs> no, I, you're cool. I, you're down. I tell you what, I promise to have some beers with you because, yeah, um, yeah that, that, we can burp together in synchro. Oh, that would be great, man. You know, I, I would love that. I, I would really um, enjoy that. You know, what's up? So what? Freaking drinking beer, burping. What's a big freaking deal? Get over yourself, man. It, it just, yeah, it just means you're enjoying it. I mean, I, I, I it, it, yeah. And um, yeah, deal, deal with it. It's a comic, it's a comic sort of opportunity, surely. Surely you just start doing other things. You know I mean? I, I used to work with a couple of guys that could actually fart and tune them. So that when they were walking down the office, they would just go, <laughs> stop and go, and it was, oh. and they, tunes. <laughs> they actually played tunes and we went to them, bloody hell, your, your, your bowels are really bad. And they went, au contraire, can you do any of this? And like, no, we've got perfect control over our bowels. You haven't. It was, yeah. It was great. It was absolutely, and I do miss those two guys. I really do. They sound like cool guys. Though. It sounds like the office. It, it was a bit like the office, but they were much more sort of intelligent than that and, and would do it. Their, their comedy time, it was quite good because some of the times where they were sat down and you had a, a new new sort of contract that would come in, they would fart as they're walking up and the guy was going like, you could look at him seeing these like, my shoes, are my shoes squeaking? What's going on? Of course, we knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That sounds fun. Makes it like, worth it going to work. It gets you through the day. Oh, it did, yeah. It absolutely did. Um, and then when it was Christmas, they could play the Christmas tunes on the... I'm not kidding. They, they really could. For a, for a good sort of minute and a half, they would play some Christmassy songs out of the backsides. It was, yeah, it's an enjoyable thing. So, I mean, you know, if you're burping, just burp in tune with something. Um, and if not, well, you know, you're just doing a home simper and, Simpson and enjoying the beer. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, whatever. I, I I was getting drunk, and I don't know. I guess he, this uh, he wasn't getting. He was just high. He was always high, and but I guess he was serious about you know, uh, building up his image. He's serious about becoming. And I guess by doing that, I I made him look bad. I I rained on his parade. I was rude, and uh, he just kind of just ripped into me, lacerated me, you know, uh, and then just hung up on me. And uh, I I deleted I deleted the episode. That's good of you. I mean, that's that's it's kind of good of you. But I mean, come on, surely people know what you come and get into. So um, it's 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 you know, if you don't want to promote it, then don't. You know, just you just politely say, hey, don't put it out there, and that's fine. You know, I didn't really kind of appreciate your burping. Don't don't rip into you. Jeez. Just um. Yeah, it. I guess because he was mad because I, I I you know if it's, I took up fifty five minutes of his time whatever. So he was mad. He goes, I have to be careful who I interview with. I got to be careful who I accept from now on. And just, uh, you know, whatever, just like things I had confided and said about myself, taking those and throwing that against me or mentioning the names of other people who came on the the podcast. Because I I don't know why he came in your podcast or why, how you got him on your show. Oh, geez. 
it sounds like a guy that's highly stressed that's trying to, you know, make too much of making it in comedy and crossing all the dots and the I's and the T's. And I, yeah, I guess so, but also teaches but, me to respect people, understand not everybody wants to kick back and drink beer and burp, and I got to tighten it up for some that, people. Yeah, I guess that is. I mean, uh, you know, I guess, I guess we are all, we all all a brand. We, we've got our own brands and stuff. And But, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the audience will, will appreciate what was going on. And um, yeah, it, it, it's surely if he's a comedian, he can deal with you burping. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever it was, uh, you know, and, and then I kind of came back and I said to him, you know, uh, I said, I guess that's how, you know, I see how you handle hecklers in the audience, you know, in the room, you get right back to them. Cause I was trying to just uh, uh, to depreciate and kind of give him the upper hand. Yeah. But he still kept at it, you know. You know, he so he, he wouldn't forgive me. You've invited him onto your podcast and you're burping. It's fine, you know. It's your show. What the heck? It's your brand kind of thing. But I, I kind of get it. We just deal with it. I mean, you know, just come out with something like, you know, that's what your mum said. You know, I mean, it seems to work. And I, I, honestly, I I was happy. I was burping, Keith. I'll tell you why. Because I, three days before, I ate I ate like Domino's pizza, and my stomach seriously was jammed up. For the next three days, I, I had a fart, but I couldn't fart. I, I had a burp, and, and I was finally eating a lot of vegetables and loose. And I was bur- I, oh hallelujah! I'm burping. I feel so much better. Yeah, you know, it was a medical emergency, man. Well, that's it because else you'd have to go to the hospital and the kind of thing. So yeah, no, having the beers get you know that's 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 a medical emergency. You sorted it out. I don't don't see what the hell the problem is, and yeah, just just. You know, join in. What the hell? What kind of an audience is this guy comedian got? <laughs> exactly. But you know, pe- people are people. Um, it's kind of like um, I don't know. Have you ever driven Uber? Yeah, yeah. You have. So you know, you know what kind of people are out there. Oh, I, I know what kind of people are out there. I used to do retail, and I, 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 I can, you know, yeah. Some of them have got a brain, and other ones, you just wonder where the common sense is and where the hell, you know. It, it, you kind of go, I know you've got a brain because you can walk and you're breathing, but apart from that, there's not a lot there. <laughs> no, there's not. Very shallow, very dense. The sun go right over their head; they won't notice. No, that's it. I, I, I yeah. Um, yeah, um, I mean, they, you know, you could always just have a burping competition, but I mean, yeah, I, we could do that. Like, Fine, you know, maybe that'll be the theme of it. You know, who could burp, well, I could get a case of beer each. Who could burp the most? I'd have to get some lagery type stuff because that really makes me fart and burp. It's not very comfortable, but I'm pretty damn sure after about twenty minutes of drinking some of those, I, I yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a run for your money, but I'm, I don't think I'll beat you. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as I can't burp, since I just puke, and puking is allowed too. That's that's just getting rid of excess food that your body didn't want, you know, or alcohol. Yeah. You know, just making room for more alcohol so you can get some more stuff in your liquid storage area, you know, emergency stuff. I mean, come on. This is. Yeah, lighten up, do. man. Jesus Christ. I'm like from the old school of John Belushi Animal House, the food fights. Well, there's nothing wrong with a food fight. It's absolutely, you can't get them these days. Jeez, yeah. No, you can. Oh, you know, know, kids are bringing guns to school. Bring back the food fights. (laughs) That would help a hell of a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. And that's why I used to do my open open mics. That's why I got thrown out of them. I was bringing food there, you know, and just and 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 just throwing it all over myself. 
you know, but oh, they, I had, they had to clean the place up afterwards. They didn't like the tomatoes. Tomato, yeah, okay, but again, that's comedy. If you know, that's it. He's, this guy's doing comedy with tomatoes. What's what they're not expecting that, are they? Uh, no, no, they're not. They want you to get up and try to be funny and say corny little tacky little jokes about your husband and your sex life. <laughs> the, the, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to be binary or you know non-binary or something or yeah yeah, yeah you, there's, there's a label out there which is what you got to fight against and, yeah yeah or about yes. their kids I'm, I'm glad you have kids i got my own kids i don't want to hear about your kids find something else find something i can relate to that that is yeah yeah that that is sort of it yeah and if you haven't got kids in the audience you're just going i don't care <laughs> Really yeah, care. they really don't give talk. Talk about my goddamn job that I hate the computer. Talk about my bo- bipolar condition. Talk about alcoholism. Talk about something. <laughs> there is there's a whole lot of stuff out there, but yeah, it, it, it kind of yeah. There's there's I, I do get a bit miffed about people. Go, oh yeah, and it, it's usually the same jokes. I mean, I can remember comedians going, "If you're going to go and do stuff, then make it sort of completely real related and and." that hasn't been done before you've, you've got to come up with some original stuff um and one of the phrases i was going to say make it the best shit that you possibly can <laughs> uh yeah you and, that, and that's where the uh, the tweaking and the re, and, and um yeah. bombing that's a bot when you bomb don't just throw it all out go home and, and rewrite it rework it that's all. yeah that's that's it what what bombed about it did you get the attitude wrong did you get the was the the punchline wrong did you just phrase it wrong you know let's, let's rework it and then you get it right i mean yeah i mean the, the first joke i ever did about dyslexia that, that's I, I still use it but it's it's changed to to something that you couldn't even recognize from the, the day that i used it but um yeah it, it's a good good joke that i used to like and um i keep using it and it gets it gets the right laugh at the right audience so it's brilliant but you you know you've got to keep editing editing, editing and tweaking and, and going out and do it. I mean, that's why most people, when they start, when they go and have a show in in, um, in Edinburgh Fringe, which is kind of, I guess it's the sort of Olympics of comedy, they start sort of writing, going out in in, um, in February to go and do a show that's in, in August because they're going all around the country just perfecting what they've their material, making it work. That's not easy because you you have to tailor it for different audiences. Yeah, but that's basically that's basically what a lot of them are saying is that you know you go to different regions in the UK, you've got different types of humour and whatever else, but that's what you're going to get up in 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 the fringe. You know, why isn't this laugh? Why is this audience not laughing? Probably because they don't like this. I'll do this bit and see it is. Or you just perfect it and go, you know, that's as good as I can get it. If you didn't like it, well, that's because you just didn't like the the sort of material I was using that's not a problem um you know it's just you came to the wrong show <laughs> yeah right like the, you don't like the channel turn the channel yeah there's, there's some of them doing that yeah yeah um I mean uh, yeah I, I, I've seen some real dire university type type acts up there and then I've seen some real top-notch comedians that are bombing as well um but yeah um the, the, yeah, I do like some of the, the people you, you, you heckle them. Um, I actually, uh, what's his what's his name? Oh God! Oh, this, I did a real good heckle once on um, 
the big black American guy. I can't remember his called now. Jesus. Um, I probably can't say black either, can I? I don't uh, care. I mean, other people had to get offended, but oh. maybe I maybe because I had the privilege because I'm white. I, I I don't care. I don't know, but I'm I, I'm I'm Jewish. I don't care. If people talk about Jews too much. No, no. Well, there's a lot of Jewish comics out there. Come, a couple of them I started with. Uh, 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 there's a very good comic called uh, Gary Meinheim, who's he he really comes out on the Jewish sort of thing. And there's another one called Donna Landy, who's um, she's a transgender. Uh, Jewish comedian, so uh, she's getting an awful lot of uh, attention because she comes out and does all the religious stuff and 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 all the transgendery type things. But those two, you know, they come on out with Jewish and religious jokes that I can't do because I just get vilified for doing it. Yeah, but well, I, you know, you gotta be you gotta have a tough set of skin because it's gonna set off all kinds of uh, alarms. Oh yeah. Um, it, I've already had that. So, um, <laughs> really, yeah. Well, uh, I, I do. Um, I do a, a joke about mixed race, and basically, in in the UK, if um, if you're um, Devonian, which is sort of near enough the bottom of the UK, and then the next county is, which is the end of the UK, and it's called Cornwall. Well, I, I've got split race in that I'm half Devonian, half Cornish. So I sometimes come on stage in the Southwest and go, you know, you can't tell, but I'm of mixed race. And they kind of look at you and go, what? And you go, yeah, I'm half Devonian and half Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a white guy, a white girl came up to me and said, you can't do that joke. And I went, why not? I'm half Devonian and half Cornish. I'm mixed race. The, 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 the whole thing, you know, I just got into a complete argument. Um, you took I it seriously. Yeah, it's like, get with the joke. You know, I, I explain that I am not half cast of anything of a race, but I am actually half cast. And if you want to know, you know, I do get abused. I did get abuses when I was a kid because when you're in Devon and you say you're half Cornish, then you get willified, you get beaten up, you know, same if you go down to Cornwall. So if I'm in Cornwall, I put on a proper Cornish accent. And if I'm in Devon, I can put on a Devonian accent and I get away with it now. Kind of learnt me lesson, but. You know, that's it's it's the best of two worlds. But you kind of go, really, girl? Because <laughs> I'm. Did not... you say Corno or Cornwall? Cornwall. 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 Yeah. Cornwall. Yeah. C O R N W A L L. I think I think I was there many years ago. There was a small town there called Bodmin. Bodmin. That's it. Yeah, Bodmin with the prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is like you know early '80s, but I remember we uh, they had us play in a horse stable. We were I was with a school band, and I don't know why the the guy who uh, arranged the whole thing he he arranges the gig. We we're playing in the dirt in a horse stable. That's for, about right, Bobby. That's just like normal. <laughs> that would wow. probably be the uh, that probably be the biggest venue that they had to to get you guys to come out with all the school, yeah, to to get all the public out and probably doing a beer or cider festival at the same time. Yeah, it seems like the big event, uh, you know, and uh, uh, maybe uh, was that we stayed in the youth hostel, or I think maybe no, the youth hostel was in the city of Bath. The Bath is that's too far away. You've probably been if you were in a youth hostel, you'd probably been bombing. You'd probably been around. Uh, Truro, Falmouth, um, 
Penzance, something like that. Um, Bath is about, what, about 150 miles away. Um, yeah, we were all, we were in London. Uh, we were in the bus most of the time. Oh, wow. oh were you? you know? Oh, so you, oh, wow. So you actually, you went from Bath down to Butte to do a show as a school kid. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we traveled from the U.S. and they just sent us around um, the country on a bus. And they do, and then in London, they let us loose. I'm like 15 years old and I find that I'm able to drink beer and I'm walking around <laughs> London. <laughs> Yeah, because you look probably 18. What the hell? You got an American accent. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I was like winding around, walking around Piccadilly Circus. Like, hey, do you want a lady? You want a lady? <laughs> oh, that was a proper days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Today, forget about it. You couldn't let kids loose like that in the, in the city. So, so what did you do? What did you do? Did you win a competition or something to come over to the UK? Is, 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 the, the school band or whatever they, you know, they arranged for us to go for a tour. That's all it was. And I was, I was in the band. So, uh, you know, uh, my, I guess my parents said, "You're going. We want you out of the house for two weeks. We had enough of you. You're, you're, we're paying. You go." <laughs> so, what did you used to play? The trumpet. The trumpet. Wow. Do you still play? Yes, I do. Wow, that's that's commendable, Steve. I, that, that's brilliant because most people give the trumpet, give it up halfway through. But well, I still hear voices. I hear voices of the kids who picked on me back in school. Like, what are you kidding? What, what are you trying to prove? You know, call me by my last name. You're no good. You're no better. I could play just as good as you. Why are you still playing? Give it up already. Why don't you grow up and stop playing that thing? I, I hear their voices in my head. Wow. Yeah, and you proved wrong. Ah. Uh, well, the trumpet is a loud instrument. That's a thing, man. You know, like if you live in an apartment building, you really can't play it. So I, I play it in my car most of the time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Do you, do you not go out sort of busking with it? or? I've done it. I've done it before. I just got to get up the nerve. The problem with busking, Keith, is um, you, you, you end up attracting uh, tr- drunks. Oh, uh, Yeah. There's always some drunk guy dancing around. I think one night I was play I was playing and I I I don't know, I end up hanging out with this drunk guy with a shopping cart. He wanted <laughs> me to come meet his family. He lived under the bridge. And and, wow. and he wanted me to meet his wife and he was gonna pay me $150 to play for them. <laughs> what? Yeah. And I end up I don't know, I got scared. I don't know why, because as we're walking down the street, he he was talking about killing, killing people or killing me. Because the more he drank, the crazier he get. So I thought, you know what? Let me walk away from this guy because of um, he's not gonna he's not gonna leave his shopping cart. If I run away, he's not gonna run after me. He's got his shopping cart. Yeah. And sure enough, I walked away. He's screaming, yelling, telling me he's gonna kill me, but he, he didn't leave his shopping cart. <laughs> wow. Wow. You got out of that, so let's put you off. Uh... Well, that's why I wear a busking. I wear because I or there was this other drunk guy. He got my number. He wanted to rap while I play the trumpet, and we were walking around the city, but we never made any money. Everywhere we went, he got in trouble. He would offend. He'd be smoking in stores. He'd be getting himself arrested. And uh, these are the situations I was getting into playing on the streets. See, what you should have done there is started your burping and farting, and it would be put him off. That's a good idea, but the pro- that's a thing about, about burping and farting. It never comes when you want it to come. No, 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 I do just wonder, do you just take the, the trumpet onto the, onto the stage when you're doing your act? I've done that, too, in the past. I could do it. I, I'm thinking about, I don't know whether <clears throat> combine it with comedy or do it separately, uh, but uh, there, there are ideas. There are ideas. You're right. You could probably do do both. You know, why, don't, why don't you try and do uh, you know, a bit of comedy and then do the trumpet thing and then try and work out how you can combine it? Because I'm pretty damn sure there isn't a comedian out there that does the trumpet act, and I'm sure that you can do some pretty cool stuff. There is. There are a couple, actually. Uh, there's one guy I met on a Zoom mic. He, he, he plays a trumpet. Um, I met him. There are, there are, but it's not. There's not too many out there. Many, most of them played the guitar or the accordion. Yeah. Or the ukulele. Um, you're right. Yeah. I mean, getting the trumpet out and just being able to, you know, blast that out, especially. It, that's if it's just what if you do one of those things and just leave it there on the stage as you're doing your act, and then you just pick it up and go. I bet you're wondering what this is. And then, you know, there you go. You, you, you've done your comedy set, and then you're blowing blowing away with trumpet things. You're just going, you know, that's it. Um, well, that's a thing. Um, you know, uh, I, I play loud and uh, some people like it, but I, I've actually seen people putting their hands over their ears. Not everybody can handle a lot that loud sound. They, they, yeah, well, you, got, you probably what you, you got to think with those is they may be autistic and they just don't like loud sounds anyway. So that's that's the way I would deal with it in my head. Hey, those guys are a bit autistic. They can't deal with the loud sounds. I'm pretty, you know. Sorry, chaps, but you know you're. In oh, the and then I could say I could really piss them off. Say, what's the matter? Are you autistic? Oh man, just setting people off in the audience by saying that. Uh, probably, but I think it's you know it's it's you know it's one of those you know. Um, part a lot of the autistic guys, if they're going to be there, are just going to go yes anyway, not get the get the the <laughs> get the the relevance to it. Um, and others are just going to go, yeah, you're just too loud, man. You just go, great, because I'm good, you know. Did they ever tell, you know, half the bands, did they ever tell the, the Rolling Stones to be quiet or the Queen, you know? The, yeah. Um, no, I, I just yeah, do I, stuff I, and see how it goes. Exactly. This, I want to give you the heads up, um, Keith. Um, at 60 minutes, the um, All right, yeah. this, it'll, it'll, it'll just shut us up. It'll time us out. Yeah, so I just want to no give you a heads up about that, yeah. No problem. I was going to say it was Reginald D. Hunter that I uh, I actually heckled. He came on stage and said, "I've got you've got sixty minutes. What do you want me to do?" And I said, "Get your clothes off and do the helicopter." Oh shit! <laughs> my, my mate just looked at me and went, "What have you just fucking done?" <laughs> wow! And he did so reference you... it at the end. <laughs> wow! So you're a heckler too. I I heckle without meaning to to heckle. Um, yeah, I, I did it. At a, there's a show, there was a student stand in Brighton Fringe, and he came up and he said, um, You know, I, I've got all these trousers all in my pockets, nice, and everything else. He said, I've got everything in them. And he pointed to me and said, What would you do if your wife, um, you know, drowned in, was drowning in the river? I went, Absolutely nothing. I'm divorced. And he just looked at me and went, Oh, oh crap, I've just ruined your act, haven't you? You're not prepared for that. You were not really prepared. I was like, Oh, crap. And I went up to him afterwards and said, if you're going to do something like that, you've got to be prepared for people having same-sex partners and having rows and things. And he just he just said, I, I you know, wasn't there. But, yeah, I didn't mean to heckle him, but it kind of came out. But I, I do do that, especially if, like, you've had a few drinks. 
Um, and I well, you know, I think it, it's good to be heckled once in a while. It makes you stronger. It makes you better. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of figure, you know, it happens to me. So why can't I do it to them? Uh, and then when they go, what do you do? I go, I'm a stand-up comedian. What do you do? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. You, you would tell them. You tell them. It's like yeah. your undercover agent in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, some of my friends just go, please don't do any heckling today. If, if the guys are good, if they're really good, I don't heckle them. If they're a bit crappy and bored, then I just will shout things out. Um, and, it, yeah, and if they try and be too clever. And then if some of them go, would you want to get on stage? Just go, yeah, okay, I'll get up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they, they teach you. Then they, they'll take over the show. Then there goes your slot. It becomes their slot, and you're off the stage. Well, yeah, that'd be that. You know, I'd be like, you know, hey, man, you know, I'm going to take over your slot. If you're going to ask to me, you know, if you're going to, you know, I'm going to heckle you. You go, what are you going to do? And I say, I'm a comic. And then you go, oh, you know, prove it. I'll, I'll come up the stage and will. <laughs> You've just lost your 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to give that opportunity I, to anybody else. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I know person, a lot of comics, they don't like hecklers because they're trying to memorize their, their lines. And when a heckler throws you off, you forget where you were. Yeah, that, that, that happens. But I mean, I was always trained up with it. If someone heckles you, you've got to stop the show and, and register with them and, and engage what it is. Cause probably half the time you haven't heard it. And if you don't do that, the audience is going to go, especially in the UK, you're going to go, well, he's shit. Cause he can't deal with a living heckler. What, you know, what's the problem with why am I listening to this guy? So, and, and, you just got to be nice to them. You just come out with the first thing that comes in your head, which is probably the funniest thing you can say, and then just carry on. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, like when I'm interviewing people, I, I might I'll be on a line of questioning, and they'll take me off of that, and I'll just kind of write one word on a piece of paper. or I'll take a word they're saying, and I get back on track with the questioning. You just have to be flexible. Yeah, I think so. So it works. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You need some hecklers, and uh, when I go back to doing stand-up comedy, I, I think I'll be ready this time. I'm not going to worry about lines. I'm just going to say, okay, let's deal with this. Let's uh, think about the best best way to respond to this person. Yeah, all the top comics have just said said they've all said the same thing. Just say the first thing that comes in your head. That's it. Doesn't matter what it is. Do that. It's probably funny. If you think about it too long, it's not going to be funny because you're trying to make it funny. Um. Yeah, no, just have a conversation with the person. Yeah. You know, it's somebody, uh, it's like you're driving Uber. It's an unruly passenger in the back seat, and you yeah. have to try to calm them down. Absolutely, yeah, and, and don't let them take over the show. So, yeah, that's, that's the two No, things. no, but you know what? If, if it's a choice between, um, you know, them beating me up in the parking lot later or them getting up, make a fool of themselves, go ahead, take over my slide. You can have it. Maybe, maybe you'll do better than me. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't believe that at all, Steve. I do not believe that at all. I think you just got to get your trumpet out at that point. Really? Yeah. Do you want me to bring it along, huh? Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if 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 you get in hecklers and they just go and like, you just go like, deal with this, and just that would everybody forget you got heckled if you just do your trumpet stuff, wouldn't they? That's a good idea. I'll keep it hidden, just you know, so they'll know about it. Yeah, you know, I'll just keep it like uh, in a in a shirt or a towel, so no one knows. And then just only pull it out if needed. Yeah, I think that will work. I think that will work. And you see how the action. If you did that like that, the people would just go, "Yeah, you shut that bugger up." 
Yeah, if you really want to see a good scene, oh, well, we only check out Bill Burr, the Philadelphia incident on YouTube if you ever get a chance. Bill Burr, yeah, I will do. But anyway, I think we're going to time that, right, so yeah. I want to have an official official salute. Ah, cheers. Cheers, my friend. Thank you so much. I, I will share this with you. So if you want people to hear hear your, your, your podcast, you can share it with your friends. I will do. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do another one. Um, yeah, I look forward yeah. to it, uh, Keith. Have a good, Thank you. good day or evening. Have some Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Cheers that, you too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.